Sunday night, 7.03 p.m. West Coast time. Just turned 7.04. It's an emergency edition of the BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by ZipRecruiter, our 2018 presenting sponsor. Talent matters whether you're on the court, in the courtroom, or even a podcast studio. Nobody knows that better than ZipRecruiter. They develop powerful matching technology for hiring. You no longer have to wait for the right candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them and is the smartest way to hire. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Let's also talk about Credit Karma. When's the last time you checked your credit scores? They may change more often than you think. Know where you stand now, not a year ago. Credit Karma, here to help out. It's always free. There's no catch. No credit card needed. Go to CreditKarma.com. CreditKarma.com. Or download the Credit Karma app right now. Don't forget about Bachelor Party. Our new Bachelor podcast hosted by Juliet Lippman goes up new episodes right after The Bachelor ends on Monday nights. We also did a little uh, little subtle change. We ringer you because college football season ended and college basketball. That podcast is the One Shining Podcast hosted by Tay Frazier and Mark Titus. That has its own feed. We turned the ringer you feed into a feed called Through the Ringer. And that is where we are posting our best of podcasts for sports and culture every week. And we'll be testing out some other pods there as well. So if you didn't subscribe to that, check it out at least. Through the Ringer is the name of that podcast. Coming up, Cousin Sal. It's not often that we do this and start texting each other and going, man, we actually have to do a podcast right now. I think this is one of those times. But first, Pearl Jam. All right, Cousin Sal is on the line on the Emergency Podcast Hotline. Tate Frazier in the studio as well. He just recorded his podcast, GM Street, with Mike Lombardi. He's, he's sweaty. He's tired. I'm sweaty. I'm tired. I just had to have a coffee to keep going. Sal, um, greatest comeback you've ever seen or biggest choke you've ever seen? You know, it's, first of all, I, I texted you after the game. I was like, maybe we should do this tonight. And, uh, and, and now that we're doing it, it's like, I'm exhausted too. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever been like more tired watching a game that didn't involve my own team. I know, and it, and it, we'd already lost. I had already lost all my bets because of the Steelers the game yeah. before. I was actually driving over here thinking that was probably the best seven and a half hours of football put together from an entertainment, what the hell is happening standpoint that we've had. I'm sure there's been other Sundays, Saturdays, whatever, but I can't imagine anything was crazier than those two team games combined, right? Right, and it's an amazing, it's a very underrated weekend, sports weekend in general, this uh, div- divisional playoffs. I can't even speak anymore, but um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, well, I, I did something crazy. We had, our big thing was, we had the Patriots, but we had Patriots and Steelers money line parlay, right? With a couple More things, yeah. And a couple things, and then so once I, I had a bail out of that, and I had to pay a big price to get the Jacksonville and Minnesota on a, on a parlay, and then had Minnesota and the Patriots next week on a parlay. So I had a lot all of a sudden riding on that stupid Minnesota game. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was pulling my, what's left of my hair out. Yeah. It was really bad. Well, <laughs> bad. 10 seconds left. How long was the winning touchdown, Tate? 61 yards. 61, 61. yards. So they're on their own 39. I... I, I've just not, I couldn't believe there was nobody behind him. As the play was happening, it almost seemed like like there was a mistake, and then you realize there's nobody left. 
I, yeah. I've never, even if you did that in a video game, it would, like, I don't feel like Ben would do that. My 10-year-old son, I feel like he would be able to have, like, some last line of defense. There was nobody. I, I actually got to say, I think it was actually a bigger choke. And, or not even a choke, just like a mistake, I guess would be the right word, right? I mean, that, I can't think of a bigger mistake in a playoff game than that in the NFL. I mean, Sean Payton has to tell these guys, look, this is what goes on on this play. You keep them in bounds, and you don't interfere. Those are two things. Right. And don't, don't go for the pick. Don't go to knock it down. None of that stuff matters. He's in bounds. The game is over. They have no timeouts. And poor Marcus Williams, like, he came up with the pick early, and then just yeah. to blow it on that play is so bad. But I want to give all these teams that won a little credit. I know we crap on the, the losing teams. Uh, yeah. or sometimes they're better. But, you know, Case Keenum, he had two – Scoring drives under two minutes, right. with two minutes under two minutes left. Yeah, you forget that that pass to to Thielen to put him in field goal range the first time, uh, even though they left too much time on that on that drive. That was spectacular, and then just to get him in range uh, the second time, hats off to Case Keenum. I have to say, it's a fourth quarter that I definitely want to watch again just to re-experience it because it felt like when they screwed up on that Willie Sneed halfback option. Or, I mean, uh, wide yeah. receiver option pass. Because before that, the crowd was making the same sound that the Chiefs crowd made in round one when the when the uh, Titans started to come back. Those the tortured fan base crowds when right. something goes wrong like that, that everybody's sphincters tighten. And I know that sound because that was the Red Sox for the first thirty four years of my life. So yeah, you're just watching that and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. Then they missed that Sneed pass. And that I was, was like, a oh, third man. and one play, oh. by the way. I, I, even though he was wide open, I was like, wow, that's. I, I can't believe in this situation that's why they're doing it. Yeah, they, they had a punt, right? You don't run that. I don't think you run that in the last 10 minutes of a game. That's a lot to no. ask from Willie Sneed. But then Minnesota right. comes back, and they didn't quite polish him off. Saints come all the way back down. Even even like uh, when they got within, like you know, when they were heading toward getting the touchdown possibly. Uh, I'm sorry. Now I'm getting confused. <laughs> Wait yeah. a second. They score this the touchdown. This is why we usually take a day to think things yeah, yeah. No, they score the touchdown. The Vikings come back down. Yeah. And it felt like they were just a little too happy to get that field goal and leave all that time on the clock. Yeah. So then yeah, the Saints come back down. And then there was a one play that the announcers didn't even pick up on. They get a first down. They still need to get a couple more yards for a Lutz field goal. And they throw that little out on Willie Sneed, and he went out of bounds. That wasn't a little out. What the, the fourth and ten? But no, that, no, that that, was, this was, that was after that. Huge conversion. Was I was crazy. after that. That was amazing. Uh, and I, I had Willie Steed on I my did. fantasy team this year, and <laughs> and uh, I think he had three catches all year. And I waved yeah. him probably after week eight. No, after that, after they got the first down, they I threw did. a little okay. out, and he went out of bounds. And the Vikings didn't have to use a timeout. And I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. Now the Vikings don't have to use all their timeouts. Mm-hmm. So they had that one left. They were actually. Right able to use it when they got around the 40 but i just think you know what can hurt you at that point when you're the saints like you know the four bath can probably kick like a 60 yarder right so they Mm -hmm. have to get to the 43 they have to get 20 yards you know the worst worst body language out of any kicker i would say that four bath was not was not confident in him. I thought for sure he was going to miss the one before, right? With all, they mm-hmm. ran the little Vikings terrible field goal montage and all that stuff. It was like, oh, this guy's Well, that, And they did that other thing where Peyton earlier 
iced him and iced him with a dumb challenge because it was it was after yeah. like uh, uh, Case Keenum threw and they were trying to make it like he was sacked and out of range, but he clearly wasn't sacked. I'm like, this is terrible. They're icing this kicker for a good six minutes now right. because of this dumb challenge, and he ended up making it anyway. Right. So with that little time left, you know they can't go in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is why don't you just have like four defensive backs on each sideline and you basically make it so that you have like two or three people that are basically on the sidelines within where you would have to get a field goal, but then you have a couple more people back and you just rush like two or three. Who cares? Yeah, right. What are they going to do? You got to get that pass off He can anyway, only right. throw it to the sidelines. He has like this little radius on each sideline to throw it. And all you have to do is just stack people there and people behind them. It should be impossible to do anything unless you get a P.I. And it definitely should be a deep guy back there. I mean, it, it just broke down. It, it's bad for Marcus Williams that he went flying yeah. up there in the coverage. But uh, w- tell, let me know when you want to talk about this extra point because this was spectacular gambling moment. <laughs> well, was that I, – I was trying to think of what was a bigger screw-up than Williams going for the tackle versus just trying to keep him in bounds or do whatever. The mm-hmm. only th- one I could think of was that Ravens-Broncos game from like five oh, years yeah. ago. Which I couldn't even remember who caught it on the Ravens. I thought it was Torrey Smith, but it was Jacoby Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this so was it. Moore was Moore the D back? Yeah, the D-back? somebody kind of yeah. went for the interception and just blew it yeah. and uh, went down the sidelines. There was more time in the clock. I, I think this was bigger for a variety of reasons, but that was the only other one I could remember from the last ten, fifteen years or so. So if anybody can think of other ones that were just like indefensible gaffes. At that, I mean, Ernest Biner fumbled. Obviously, it's hard to blame somebody because they fumbled. Like that can happen. This was like crazy. I felt terrible for him because you know. Here's the only thing that maybe could make you feel better about it. As someone who had Vikings money line, and I also had them by the giving three and a half on the because I I got it early in the week. Yeah. By the way, four and zero oh with my picks this week on the the ringer. I'm that take a that lap was great. My, uh, hey, living room here. I mean, the Vikings yeah. three and a half was a little suspicious, but we're giving it to you because you had to what put in the picks do? early. I have to get this to the video crew by Tuesday. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, like, I, you, I should guess that it's going to be six you got or five it. and a half. You got a little anyway, help there. The only thing I'll say about Marcus Williams is if Diggs catches that, and as someone who had the Vikings on the money line, I almost wanted Diggs to catch it and go out of bounds because that's a makeable field goal and less yeah. of a horrific ending for the uh, Saints, if he makes like a 42-yard field. He was at the 25-yard line, so if he spins out of bounds or if he gets pushed out of bounds, they still have a chance to win, but not as dramatic as the uh, touchdown. The tw- God, how does he get yeah. open? No, he, made, he made a move and got to the 25, and I was starting to scream, scream to him to go out of bounds. But. Wow. I, I, it was weird. I, so my, I was sitting with my wife, who could care less and knows nothing about football, and she's mm-hmm. watching, and she was actually enjoying the drama of the game and just kind of... My kids were there. Then my kids were outside playing basketball, and she was going to go out and play with my son. And I was like, "You can go out. This game's over." And she's like, "It's how is it over?" And I was like, "It's over." <laughs> like the only way they would they would win is if it's a miracle. And she's like, "Oh, I'll stay. Right. Maybe there'll be a miracle." I'm like, yeah. I'm like, "You're crazy." And then she stayed, and it happened. And she's like, "I told you this is why she she's doing the I told you thing as as Diggs is running down the sidelines." I'm like, "Hold off. All right, all right. You're right. You're right." Uh, it's always nice to witness a miracle. You know, women, wives, husbands—they all want to stick around great. for it. But well, and the miracle here, would have been the extra point kick. So, well, let's really lot, talk about a this. lot of Vikings backers. Yeah, so they have this rule that they always have to kick the extra point. Now, what's weird about this is when you score the winning touchdown, yeah. yeah, with no time yeah. in the clock, 
all rules go out the window. Like P- Diggs is throwing his helmet. Everybody, the Case Keenum's throwing his helmet. Everyone's throwing their helmets. Everyone's on the field. This is none of this is a penalty. Somehow, players and, are getting mic'd up. Chris Myers is running up. around. There's it's five hundred people on the field. Couldn't be more over. Yeah, there's two hundred people to get off the field. It's like no, by rule we have to do the extra pointer. So well, by rule, Stephen Di- Stephon Diggs, he scored the touchdown and then he threw his helmet in the end zone. By rule, that's fifteen yards. Like, what are you talking right. about? Yep. Uh, yep. So then they do it and. I knew they were going to kneel, but it was still goddamn exciting. It really was. So let, let's, yeah, but let's set it up because a lot of Vikings backers had minus five and a half because that line went, it shot up during the week and at, at, at kickoff it went to five and a half. So the, the, the score without the extra point is 29-24. Yep. They, I, I'm watching with a guy who has minus five and a half. He's like, no, they have to kick the extra point. I was like, they have to line up for it, but I'm telling you right now, they're they're not going to want to rub it in. And yeah. did you you knew you thought they weren't rubbing it? I in thought either, they were right? kneeling. Yeah, the only chance they had is if it was what happened 20 years ago with Pete Carroll and the Patriots was one of right. the one of the nights we realized Pete Carroll was kind of a bozo, although he did turn right. his career Good around. When yeah. uh, they left the field, and then we ran in the two point and celebrated it for the cover. Right, but uh, then. But then, so now they're saying, well, the Saints might not even come out for this. So like, all right, well, now they have to kneel. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And then they show the Saints coming out. The poor, miserable Saints are, right. are walking out with their helmets off to the, to the two-yard line. And Case Keenum's doing that thing where he's getting the crowd going. He's doing that shark thing or whatever. He's, like, clapping yeah. over his head. And the fans are doing it in unison. I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to run a play here? What's going on? But they didn't do it. They didn't kick it, and 29-24 final. Phenomenal gambling end and just regular end. So when it went to five on Thursday night, it stayed at five basically until when? When did it go five and a half? This morning? Yeah, it was this morning. Yep. An all-timer. I, I, I'm i trying to think what I put that game up against for, for most shocking ending. It's the only thing you would think is the Music City Miracle, right? With And that had lower stakes. Because in this team, it's like the winner goes to play Nick Foles in Philly and is probably going to make the Super Bowl and at least be favored to make the Super Bowl. The right. stakes weren't well, the same for Titans-Bills. You know, there's the catch Niners and, and Cowboys, but there was still time left. The Cowboys actually had a possession there. There's just, this is the, I think this is the only playoff game to end on a touchdown, right? Although I, I, I stand corrected. Well, the, the, Steelers, the Steelers-Jags ended on a touchdown today too. So yeah, that can't be right. <laughs> well, Pat Pat's Falcons had not a touchdown, but that was okay. oh Pat's Falcons. I'm sorry. Yeah, we've all blocked that out. I'm sorry. Yeah, when we yeah. were growing up in the '70s, the legendary play was was the uh, the hail mary with Staubach and Pearson, right? But Pearson pushed off, and they didn't call it. And at least oh, the Viking, well, he did push off, and it, oh. and the Vi- there was no real goat because the goat was the fact that. They didn't make the call. And then call. there's Immaculate Reception and all that. There's, yeah, immaculate there's, there's Reception, the, which there was like, there wasn't really a goat for that either. The ball's bat, you know, got batted backwards. There was no, all of a sudden, Franco Harris is running down the field. He scores. The, the goat was whoever's running the camera who couldn't give us a shot <laughs> of if the ball ever hit the ground. <laughs> uh, 50 there. years later, we still don't know. Yeah. Right. And then going through the 80s, like Ernest Biner was definitely the biggest goat I can remember from the 80s. And that mm-hmm. was awful. And that was like, it looked like he was running into the end zone all of a sudden he fumbles. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's Norwood, there's bad kicks Norwood and, and Norwood and Gary Anderson in the 90s, right? Right. As far as touchdowns go, though, that was that was something else. Yeah, that this really might was. have been the number one. And, mm-hmm. and dramatic, dramatic playoff implications. Not just that the Final Four change, but, you know, as a Red Sox fan, I'm concerned now because... 
I've, the Red I've, Sox are not going to get anywhere uh, in, listen, this, in this playoff. I'm going to bring this home. You. I'm going to land this plane. <laughs> you just get ready for this one. Okay, go ahead. I, and I've written this, and I really do believe it, that when you when you have the stink on you as a franchise, and the fans have the stink, and people get in that mode of, I just think the worst thing is going to happen at all times. And you can mm-hmm. feel the Vikings kind of, the fan, their fans kind of, you can feel that energy in the stadium. You need like that Robert Steele improbable beating the Yankees twice in 24 hours in Fenway, going back to Yankee Stadium, and all of a sudden you're improbably confident. You need like some sort of crazy thing to to flip it. Something right. that's almost supernatural. And it feels like that happened for the Vikings today. Now I'm scared. I don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. I need Nick Foles to beat them. I don't want them to be the team of destiny now that their whole fortune changed on a freaking 61-yard miracle play. That's the team you I don't want to play. I wasn't scared of any of these teams until that play. I, I'm watching Minnesota. They're great defense. Oh, my God, their defense. Breeze shredded their defense. And then Jaguars, same thing. So, oh, that D. Oh, watch. They gave up 42 points. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I will, yeah, I don't know. And we'll talk about that game, too. But, well, first of all, I'm not going to talk you out of it. You should be scared. This team's good. This Vikings team is good. They create some bad matchups. And I think, like, I wouldn't even, you almost can't even look at the quarterback anymore. Like, sure, you're going to want to favor Brady over anyone, but these guys don't have to do a ton to win the game. And, by the way, Case Keenum did a lot. He did, what was he, 25 for 40, 318? Like, if you get, you get these guys to throw one interception. I had a prop in Bovada. They give me my own prop thing. Foles, Bortles, and Mariota over under four and a half interceptions this week. Zero. They had zero of those three. Wow. And that's why two of those three are advancing to the, the final four. It's, it's, it's a weird game plan that these guys put in place, and it's working for some of them. I thought the Saints – I picked the Saints plus five. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of felt like they were the best NFC team. And I didn't know if that meant they were going to win the Minnesota game. I thought it was going to be a three-pointer back and forth. But as the game unfolded, especially in the second half, once they got the, kind of their sea legs and figured out the speed of the Vikings and all that stuff, it just seemed like they were better. And, I don't know. Uh, I, I saw the Vikings. It seemed like every drive a defensive player was going off. Zendejo, who, who hauled in that one hurt. a Hall yeah, of that Fame interception in the yeah. first half. Like You're not going to see hurt. anything better than that. That and then uh, and then Newman went out and uh, Rhodes went out. He was in the concussion tent, came right out. Rhodes, that, yeah, that they're was, like Rhodes. You're good. That was Rhodes. it. You go What's back two in. plus two? It's four. All right, you're going go back yeah. in. Yeah, take a shrimp cocktail. I want to see what goes on in that con- concussion. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't see there's a, a lot, but he came back in. But yeah, I mean, you knew they were going to score points. They had seven points with a minute and minute thirteen left in the third. Right, the Saints. They they shredded the Vikings in the second half and. The Jaguars got shredded, and the Eagles, I thought, I'm not even going to say my team as a most impressive defensive performance, because once that game got out of hand and the Titans were kind of pigeonholed having to throw, you knew they were done. The Uh Eagles' defense was was excellent. Absolutely. And, you know, we haven't done the lines. We're going to do the lines in a little bit, but I kind of like the Eagles again. I like that. No, well, I think they're in nobody believes in us zone again. Let's discuss that game for a second. But you, nobody believes in it. This is a weird thing because they both played into each other's hands. Like if I would have told you, JHI would have 54 yards rushing, uh, Blunt would have 19 yards rushing, the Eagles would have 15 points. How many? Uh, what? What? If, would you have anything left? Would you have mortgaged anything? That, that's Atlanta's game, right? Well, what about I mean? what about the four fumbles? 
Yeah, and the fumbles. And the, and, the, and the Falcons just keep keep benefiting off of uh, punt return fumbles, which is out of nowhere. But um, I was trying not but, to snap on Twitter because we had a bet that I loved, that I was really proud of, that, of course, the Steelers screwed up. But it was basically the Eagles and the under with the Steelers' yeah, money uh, line and the Pats' money line, which right. I easily just could have gone against today by taking Jags plus 7.5. But mm-hmm. as anyone who's listening to this podcast know, I'm an idiot. And uh, the... Uh, the Eagles, like that first half, I was gonna snap. Like, I, one of my New Year's resolutions was don't snap on Twitter during a game that's not going your way. After they got their third kick return fumble inside the other team's thirty in three halves, I, I almost yeah. lost it. I was like, "You fucking kidding me? This team? How many fumbles are they gonna get?" I think they right. were like seven to nothing on fumbles and interceptions after three halves, and we uh, had it Eagles. finally flipped. When the Eagles went from plus three to plus two and a half, uh, I think we were texting, and you're like, hey, what do you think? I was like, I think this is going to be really, really embarrassing if the Nick Foles shows up that I'm worried will show yeah. up. The one that couldn't score against the Raiders on that Christmas night and the one that wasn't even close to scoring against the Cowboys in a meaningless game. I said, this is bad that we're not even going to lay the two and a half and win. But I thought Foles, I thought we had like a one interception cushion with him. Yeah. And luckily he didn't, he didn't give it up because well, yeah, these, tried fumbles, to. <laughs> these fumble punts were, were, were atrocious. Yeah. They really almost did him in. Well, he threw an interception off somebody's knee that bounced right to his receiver. And it was the biggest play yeah. of the half for him. That's the, true, uh, yeah. Their defense was good. Atlanta was who we thought they were, which was a team that at the worst possible time was going to get uh, sloppy and poorly coached and make dumb decisions. That was the team I thought I was gambling against last week. They threw mm-hmm. everyone off their scent, and then they stuck it to everybody in Philly. And they did all the shit we watched them do all year, culminating in fourth and two, the Eagles calling out that they're going to run the rollout play on defense and then bragging about it after the game. We're like, we knew the rollout was coming. Rollout yeah. comes. They have it covered perfectly. It's a complete disaster. And uh, and the Falcons should be ashamed of themselves. Well, yeah, Sarkeesian for sure ought to be ashamed of himself for taking this offense and dumping it in the toilet the whole Ten season. Ten points. But I, I had, I don't know. I know you're going to hate this, but, and I was on a text with the Parley kid. I was talking to him. He hated that rollout play also because it cuts off two-thirds of the field. I think if Jones doesn't fall, that throw is made to the pylon, and he either catches it or that's a P.I. call somewhere in there, and that, that works. I mean, he's got to get the ball two of the last four plays, right? Yeah. So I, didn't really, I didn't really mind it too much. Uh, I, I shouldn't be able to be on my couch and predict what's going to happen with your offense. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that was but, why but, I didn't want to bet them last week. In the Rams game, it's like I, I can sit on the couch and know when they're running and throwing, and you know they mix Let it me up ask a little. This, this, this will be this will make you feel better about your take and worse about mine. Out of eighteen red zone attempts to Julio Jones, guess how many were complete this year? Uh, well, he didn't have a lot of touchdowns, so I'm going to say low. I'm going to say two. I guess you can guess that. Yeah, one for eighteen. Wow, one for eighteen. So. Maybe it was the wrong call, but I don't think like a a, a a draw to Freeman is the right call there. It, it was just a mess. They shouldn't have been in that spot, Atlanta. Well, that game had me shitting in my underwear. And speaking of underwear, Sal, MeUndies oh. makes the most comfortable pair of underwear you'll ever own. For the fellas, MeUndies diamond shit seam pouch cradles your jewels. What's better than having your jewels cradled and gives your stuff the support it needs without feeling too tight? Ladies will love the soft, eco-friendly fabric. So soft and touchable. 
My wife actually steals my MeUndies. I should mention that. The MeUndies feeling is unmatched. They use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton. Right now, you'll save 20% off your first pair and receive free shipping only at MeUndies.com slash BS. If you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. 100% satisfaction guaranteed to get your 20% off free shipping and the 100% satisfaction guarantee and get the best and softest underwear you ever own. Go to MeUndies.com slash BS. It's a limited time offer. What are you waiting for? Start wearing the best underwear of your life. It changed my life. It's all I wear. It's time to let MeUndies change yours. Go to MeUndies.com slash BS right now. Uh, I thought Nick Foles was half decent in that game. How about that? Yeah, he was. He was half decent. What was he, 23 for 30, 246, no picks? That that's You can't ask for more out of him, right? Yeah, I read some stuff over the weekend that made me feel – that made, it didn't make, I don't want to say made me feel better about Nick Foles, but at least made sense that when you have basically three weeks to practice with the first string against the other team's right. first string, and it's three solid weeks of reps, obviously he's going to be better than he was in that Week 16 Dallas game. Mm-hmm. It made sense. So I went into that game thinking, I, I thought positive thoughts for Nick Foles. And then right. by the second quarter, I, they were not as positive. Well, let me speaking of the second quarter, and this will dovetail into our Patriots-Titans uh, breakdown. Uh, we, which was a more egregious yeah. one second left on the clock before half? <laughs> Philadelphia or New England? Well, you know, they, Mike Pereira said on Twitter, I think, that they use out-of-town people for those. They I heard that. that they the, don't the use the hometowners. They do it for the regular season, not the playoffs. But really? So yeah. out-of-town people are running that clock in the stadium. I love the world we live in. First of all, yeah. ba- America, bathe me in your, your Patriot hate. We, we yeah. inject it into our veins. We don't care. I loved when people, including people texting me that I'm friends with, were texting me in the first half, like, man, you're getting every call. It's like, we're going to win by 28 points. What are you guys talking about? Getting every call. Okay. Well, here's what we're talking about. It, 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 you have 40 real-time minutes to beat the Patriots. And I'm not talking 7 nothing after the first quarter. You have to beat them. You have to beat the refs. You have to beat Belichick. You have to beat the crowd. And the if refs. you can't do it and 7 nothing isn't good enough, you're just going home. You're going to get slaughtered, and that's what happened. But I did think, like, they – I didn't think they got that call with the second because I think the, the idiot, the, the defender for the Titans – why tackle him there? Who who caught that ball with one second? Well, I don't even remember. More, it was it was Amendola, and they shouldn't have gone near right. him, and the clock would have run out. Yeah, just don't touch him. Or yeah, wait don't touch three him. seconds and touch him. But, but the Eagles won, which is interesting for gambling implications. Because Philly was plus one and a half at half, and then they kicked that field goal. Yeah. So that was uh that was really big. That was that was a close one. That maybe they could have let run run off. I thought we saw so much dumb shit this weekend. Yeah, and then we did. And then the last play of the last game trumped all of it, but like the Steelers, one of those fourth and one calls, I guess they tried to run it up the middle and the guy just got stuffed. The other one was horrible. They ran the sweep, uh, which that the, was big. That was what was it, fourteen nothing when they yeah. run the sweep on fourth and one? How did they not have a, a quarterback sneak? You got an two hundred and seventy pound action figure as a quarterback. You have no sneak play in there to get six inches. Oh, me! I'm remembering this one. They had the sweep was one that was terrible, and then the other one was the play action to the tight end, right? And it got broken up. That was the other uh, one. But yeah, they they no, there was a play action that the, they went deeper, deeper than that. So there are three routes there. There's the yeah. tight end route that should be six yards. There's an inter intermediary route which they threw to, which was incomplete. Yeah. And then there's the deep one. I don't even think you bother with the second one. I think I it's either short or hit the end zone there. They were. I, 
first of all, Roethlisberger was kind of amazing in that game. Yeah, it is where. Yeah, all right. He, I, no, I, I listen. Don't I don't think he played that great, but he also had like four of the most amazing throws of his career in that game. And the play when he threw the ball backwards after he was over the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that was. Great. I'm pretty sure I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen that before? That was spectacular. He was doing. He's doing weird things when he runs with the ball. He always looks. He literally turns his head and looks backwards when he's running right. with the ball. It, it, it's strange. The, but, the um, two touchdown throws to Brown were outrageous. The throw at the end of Brown the second the one quarter. That, the one that, uh, yeah. The Bell. The Bell was a spectacular. I mean, those yeah. were great, great catches that could be dropped under any circumstance. And then, and then other times, you know, he's totally casual with the ball with five people around him. He's mm-hmm. <laughs> He was all over the place. And, uh, yeah. and them botching the last minute of the game with the Madden video uh, game scenario was unforgivable. Hilarious. Unforgivable. Yeah. Once they get the intentional grounding, you don't even run another play. Kick a field goal. You have 40 seconds Kick left. Kick a field goal at some field point. Field goal onside. Do it. What are you doing? Why, yeah. why are you trying to ram it in from the 15? Kick the field goal. It's over. Right. And they right. just and then they throw it to Brown, and he doesn't even get out of bounds. And it was like they wanted to get out of there. I, I joked on Twitter that uh, what I, about trying to find odds for Mike Tomlin to join the Monday Night Football show and replace Gruden next year. Yeah, it was kind of a half joke. I with like, Tomlin, which, uh, I think it's a good joke, and uh, he could have Haley join him too. Because well, those guys, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's sort of there's no coming back from getting beat by Blake Bortles twice in in your home stadium. It really is rough, and you don't want to see that. Say they were looking ahead to the Patriots, but my God, that first drive for Jacksonville, and uh, again, I'm going to give them credit. I'm going to give them more credit than you are. Going for fourth and goal from the they two, were great. going I loved for it. it. I loved it. It was great. A great call. And Fournette dives, I think, like, <laughs> I always, it always looks like he dives, like, three yards too early. Yeah. But he got in, and that, that what, a, what a message that sent. They went up 7 nothing, And I think, like, everyone's going to say that defense got torched. That was all garbage. I mean, it was all garbage time. From two minutes left in the first quarter on, it was all garbage time. Well, they did give up. They like, 58 times. They gave up over 500 yards, though. If their defense was that good, times. I know. But if their defense was that good, the game should have been thirty-five-seven. They were getting free wow. points, and I think I watched. I feel like they made big plays when they had to. They did. I mean, you got you got uh, that Calvin Smith at sixteen tackles. That's that's insane. I some ballers on defense. I think they have a good defense. I watched mm-hmm. them get shredded by the Niners in Week sixteen, and they right. gave up forty-four points. Although some of that was Bortles' fault, and they gave up. 42 points today, and then there were two fourth and ones, too. Like, the Steelers legitimately could have had over 50 points in that game. Now, the thing to feel good about if you're the Jags is how good your offense was and how confident Bortles seemed. Was he confident because there was no pass rush the entire game and he just got super comfortable, or is he getting more confident? What do you think? I mean, I I don't think he's scared. That's that's a weird thing about this game. They're not scared. They're not scared to go into Pittsburgh and win. He did exactly what he needed to do. He was like 14 for 26. I know he had a stretch where he was like, he's bad for a you know, while. 13 yeah. attempts at like 30 yards or something. But 14 for 26, 214. 8 for 14 on third down, 1 for 1 on fourth down. That's, that's pretty solid for him. He, had, uh, he was great on that first drive. He had a couple big third down, like swing pass, screen pass plays that he just yeah. threw it in the perfect spot, which, you know, last week I think he would have sailed one of those over the guy's head. Last week you were on this podcast joking about how it, there were five or six throws that he made where you would have wondered if he was left-handed or right-handed. Yeah, first quarter or second, yeah. 
that Very that early. was not happening. The throw, the long pass to uh, Marquise Lee on first down. That was great. He hit the he hit the tight end a couple times. I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought I'd give him like a B minus for that game. Maybe even a, a B. Oh yeah, you got to give him a no B. turnovers going in there. Didn't yeah, turn it over. That that you can't get less than a B if you don't turn the ball over in that situation. With that said, I was shocked by just how horrendous Pittsburgh's defense was and how few difference makers they were and how slow they seemed and how they didn't account for Bortles and the fact that he could scramble really until like midway through the second quarter. Right. And he killed them yeah. on a couple scrambles when it was like that's all he did last week. But we we were talking on the ringer slack about trying to figure out how many above average guys their defense had. And we was basically between three or four with Shazier out. Whether you think if Joe if Joe Hayden is an above average number one cornerback or not. And I nah. I don't know enough about that. But I don't think he is. They just had a yeah. lot of lot of stiffs out there. And it's hard for me to believe they couldn't use James Harrison, who played a lot on Saturday for the Pats. Yeah, that's true. Oh, get that out there. They'll love that. The Steelers uh, fans will love that. Well, I didn't even think of that. By the way, thanks for James Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have him on the team. He's like our third biggest guy. <laughs> you know, we didn't mention Fournette. Who had another super game. Twenty. He had 109 yards. He was good, yeah. Three touchdowns. Well, he I was guess very he good in that but. game. And We're not count- he had 109 plus 400. He had 509 yards if you count the distance they made him walk to the locker room on a busted <laughs> ankle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what, what is going on? A moped or he, something. And he has to walk back too? Like, are you kidding me? He's, yeah. He's going to get winded doing this. But TJ yeah, Yeldon, I thought, a- who I think everybody in the world has had TJ Yeldon on their, on their fantasy team for two weeks. Tate, have you had right. him? Yeah. Everyone's had him. He's never been good. And now it actually seems like he's pretty competent. They uh, screams, screams, knows where the first down marker is. He's, he's solid. I have, I have more Jags praise for you. I think their coach good. is really good. Yeah, I you know they they're you don't have a lot of uh, head scratching moments in Jags games, and for the most part, their guys are in the right place doing the right things. He and, called uh, a good game. You know whose coach isn't good? And what, what this will be? This is the last game. The Titans coach, and you know yeah. you keep you could be excited all you want about that Chiefs win, but you just got your coach an extension, and I think he just did sign an extension tonight. Wow. Uh, Malarkey, wow. and that, that there you go, Th- three years or whatever it is for, with him. And I hope it was worth it. Yeah, they were what a mess. This Pats team, you know, they play possum to some degree. We only throw to Gronk when we have to. They only do that spread the field. Brady calls all the plays at the line of scrimmage when they have to, and whenever they mm-hmm. do that, they're completely unstoppable. But during the regular season, they really didn't do it that much. They didn't. They didn't feel like they needed to. It was a, the regular season. I think was a lot of just try to get through the year. Um, mm-hmm. And when they do that and Brady's locked in and Lewis is playing like that and they have all the receivers, it's pretty unstoppable. And I I think they're going to be able to do it to Jacksonville. I really do. You were nervous. Admit it. Seven, nothing. Mariota's running. He's, you know, I wasn't, he's I wasn't the nervous. mobile quarterback. Do you have trouble against a mobile quarterback? They're I was doing so some- not nervous. No? No. In fact... Our buddy Hench was nervous. You showed me the text. I For today, I saw him today. He's bragging. He's like, oh, seven straight Final Fours. I was like, you were ch- You needed a whole new set of me on these, after, according <laughs> to that text exchange. What was he saying? Well, it's going to be a miserable three hours and all that. Well, Hench... He, he, listen, part of <laughs> part of the, the magic with the Pats is Hench's reverse jinx text, which he kind of half mm-hmm. believes. 
But uh, his first text was, after the Pats got knocked out of their first drive, he texts me, two bounce passes on third down for the dead arm. That was his first text of the game. The dead arm. This is going to be a long, sad three hours. Malcolm Butler made one play in his career. Uh, and then all of a sudden it flipped. But that's what he does. And that's that's our little it's our little dance that we do on, on, on texting. Right. It's hench. Hench Vents, hence like the sky's falling guy, but he deep down knows that we weren't going to be scared oh, of Mike Blanco. You guys, and your dad too. You guys are okay that Brandon Bolden played? I was worried about you. You, you guys are very, <laughs> Brandon Bolden. very, another inconsequential player that uh, stepped up. <laughs> Listen, the, it's a machine, man. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like what Seth Meyers used to say about SNL, like the Lorne Michaels infrastructure. Like you just got to trust the infrastructure. It's year 17, Saturday night. I think... I don't think we've ever lost a – have we lost a Saturday night playoff game? Yeah, it's weird because then you get the extra day, right? Because yeah. now you're playing, you get a little more rest. No, I don't think you lost Saturday night game. And now yeah. now the three quarterbacks left are Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, and Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes me feel good. <laughs> I, would, I would think so. Except you don't want to see Keenum in the finals. Well, I don't want to see that Vikings team now. I need the Eagles right. to take care of the Vikings next week. It was interesting. I know for some reason I know a lot of Eagles fans. And mm-hmm. none of them really knew who to root for in that game. Because at some point when you're – like I I felt the same way about Jags-Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense is so bad that as I was watching that game – and I think the Pats can beat either of those teams. But I'm watching the game going, I don't even really know who I want to play. Like they're Pats are going to score 40 points on this defense. So I think if you're the Eagles, though, if you're an Eagles fan, you're looking at the Vikings-Saints game and saying, okay, where's our weakness? It, it's still quarterback. It, it really is, you know? Yeah. And who is more likely to expose that weakness? It's got to be the Vikings, right? It's got to be just the style they play. I guess, but if, they, if they're going to win in Philly, it has to be another one of those games, those 12-10, yeah, it's still 15, a tough 10, it really is. 13 to 10 yeah. type games. And I think... When you play the Saints, you know they're getting to 20 points. Right. I don't know right. if Minnesota – it's weird. I've watched Minnesota a lot, and I've never really totally bought in, and their fans get upset. It's like it's nothing personal. Mm. I, the part I've never been able to get past is it. it, it it's always kind of surprising when something great happens for them offensively. You know? But I, yeah. I think I'm just – I think I just underrate their two wide receivers. You can't anymore. I mean, Thielen and Diggs could be all pros. Like if they, yeah, right? Diggs, then, Diggs is the one that I think I need to just come to grips with the fact that he's excellent. Well, he's a burner. They haven't had like speedsters like that who could create uh, havoc, you know, down the field. But um, God, I, and can, I can't believe decent. they won that game. I can't believe it. I know. I know. It's now seven forty-three West Coast time. When that came in, two and a half hours ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe same it. Way. Tate, I don't want to step on the GM Street podcast. Um, was that the craziest football game ending you've seen? I don't know. I thought I thought Jacoby Jones was crazier in the moment because I just thought the Ravens had no chance. But it was pretty wild. Yeah, that yeah. was the Denver was probably a what were they a seven or eight point favorite in that game? That was I can't bigger, remember what round was that though. That was divisional. That too. was sec. We watched that at second Shakey's. Round. Was that it had to be a yeah. second round? Denver had a buy there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Pats, the Pats then lost to Baltimore the next week. Yep. And then Baltimore right. went to the Super Bowl and Harbaugh. That was the year Flacco yeah. won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was basically 
That's why football is so crazy. And we say this every year, but every year there's between five and seven teams that can win the Super Bowl. And it really does some years come down to these stupid freaking plays like that. Well, if I would have found you a a, a bet that said um, Rodgers, Cam, I'm going to forget people, Ryan, um, Roethlisberger, like they're like seven big breeze. There's like seven big name quarterbacks. None of them would be in the Super Bowl. You, You would never take it, right? Right. Ever. No, in a weird. million years. Gus, no. my buddy Gus, Broncos fan, was making fun of me today. He's like, your road to the Super Bowl is going to be Mariota, mm-hmm. Bortles, and Foles. This is like, you shouldn't even raise a banner for this. And I'm like, I'm like, where <laughs> Brad that? was saying the same thing. He's like, do they even give them a trophy this year? They don't give them a trophy, right? They get nothing. <laughs> I have news for everybody. If the Patriots win, we'll be raising the banner. There's going to be no asterisk on that banner. And we'll be holding the trophy proudly. <laughs> Uh, but wouldn't it wouldn't it be fun if uh, if Goodell had to give the trophy to a Muslim owner? I just think that would be great. Who hates Trump? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. The other the other fun part <laughs> with this Jags thing is a uh, friend of the BS podcast, Michael Shore, his show uh, The Good Place, has made the Jags like a running kind of gag the whole year. We wrote about it in the Ringer today, mm-hmm. and and he's a huge Pats fan. And now right. it's like it's actually good for his show for the Jaguars to keep going because it's becoming like a national storyline. Right. Yeah. So I don't I don't know where he stands. I don't know what I would root <laughs> for my my TV show that I created from scratch or yeah. the team I've rooted for my whole life. I don't know what the answer is to that. I know what you, you would do. For, you would root for well, the I'd Cowboys. Root for the TV show? No, you'd root for the Cowboys over Jimmy Kimmel Live if, if at gunpoint. No. No, no you no, would. No. You'd be like, ah, we've been on for fifteen years. No, we're, we're good. I couldn't do it. I heard you were bad mouthing Romo yesterday. Well, what's, your, what's your problem with Romo now? What? Someone Who's... said you didn't like something. You didn't like Romo. What did he be screwed up a call? What did you, someone said something? Oh, how, did you tweet it or not? How dare? Who? I don't know who would say such a thing. No? I almost, I had to restrain myself from tweeting today as Troy Aikman went through three hours of his voice never raising and making points like big drive here. Joe, right. this is a big third and twelve here for them. Uh, I, I I have to fight off the urge to to tweet about just getting Romo in on Skype. And I just, thought maybe it was because at the end of the game he was saying, I think Nance asked him, and he's like, I think Steelers win by two. He could have been more or less picking the Jaguars, and he said, you know, people are going to laugh, but the Jaguars create a lot of bad matchups defensively for New England. So I, I thought that's what you were all over him for. But no, listen, right. I have news for Tony Romo. As as much mm. as I respect his in game observations, yeah, whatever he says at the beginning of the game, it's usually a good idea to bet the opposite. <laughs> you you could pass that along to to Romo, like he's got. All he right. said this Titans game. Oh, what a tough matchup, right, Jim. I'm telling you, it's going to be a game. It's like okay, can can you wake me up when it's thirty five to seven, and can we replay these comments of Tony Romo? You understand Romo? he's got to keep eyeballs on that. He know people can't change a channel in the first quarter. That that's what that is. That's all that is. Quick break to talk about Gillette. I've been shaving since college. How long have you been shaving, Sal? Just just the last uh, three or four months, really. Okay. No, it's, uh, yeah, since college is right. Yeah. Well, Gillette Fusion Ultra Sensitive Skin Shaving Gel. I don't know what year that came out, but it's been great because I used to get those stupid Nexits, and now I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they put in that magical formula, but it works for me. Recently, I started using the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield Razor. 
I ordered it. I got four refillable razors and free shipping. Then every fourth order free because I subscribed. And I subscribed for selfish reasons because they the stadium the Patriots play in is Gillette Stadium, home oh, of yeah. uh, potentially the sixth banner. Now you can get Gillette Performance delivered to your door. No more getting mad at yourself because you just got back from the grocery store and realized you forgot to buy blades. No worse feeling than that. I mean, there's a lot of worse feelings than that, but it's a bad feeling. Subscribe today. Pick your favorite razor. Get every fourth order free. All you have to do is visit Gillette online at GilletteOnDemand.com. Gillette with two L's and two T's. GilletteOnDemand.com. Um yeah, Romo, he shifted into praise Brady mode around the second quarter. And I thought, even though Brady looked, you know, a little shaky at the beginning, and I was super worried because of the cold weather, old guys in cold weather, you know, you have all those thoughts. Um, and that I, I admitted on, on Twitter, I was on a couple text threads. My dad was very concerned. And then he looked fine. And then he was flinging the ball, and he had a couple – really great throws uh as that game went along so i felt a little better about that but it is- um, you just you don't you don't sense that he's playing in zero degree weather when you, you really nah. take that for granted but um i guess you're you're probably happy that you have the early game this week right yeah i think that helps us it's funny though he's been in so many of these games that you watch him in the way he operates on the sidelines when like the camera shows him and stuff and mm-hmm. you know he's just even the little stuff like He's got. He's sitting on the bench with that super warm jacket that looks awesome to wear. I want to wear one of those jackets for that. It's got to be like a fire retardant suit, and mm. it'll go to commercial. And any other quarterback gets up and starts throwing, and he just sits there. He's like, "I'm TV commercial. I probably have about two and a half more minutes here." And he just sits there and zones out. And it's like he's. I, I heard him talk about the Super Bowl how he he knows because he's been in that game so many times now that you almost have to it, the pace of it is it's almost like two different games so you can't get too hyped before the game and for the first half cuz there's so much dead time at halftime you can crash and that's yeah. the kind of stuff like when you get to this point versus like Bortles and Foles and Keenum like, I think that's a pretty big advantage so do you think anyway. his goal at this point cuz how many super bowls you're going to win his his goal at this point is to beat Jimmy Garoppolo in the in <laughs> super bowl <laughs> to hang around long enough to beat Jimmy yeah yeah Jimmy, get there in the next two and a half years or three years, and then and I'll be here. I don't. I I think he's one of those dudes that just thinks about the next day. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go to bed at eight thirty. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. I'm gonna go to TB12. I'm gonna eat avocados. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think he's like a like a machine. I don't even think he, he thinks ahead. I think he's just like I'm he's gonna a, keep winning. He's a machine with playing. kale pajamas. I don't yeah. know how he does it. Let's do uh, let's do some lines. Let's do it. Two left. It's getting getting sad, huh? Three games left. I don't know how this I happened. Know. I you know I was thinking about you during the Pro Bowl ad that they were running about the Pro Bowl <laughs> in Orlando, and I was thinking about how yeah. is you're the only person I know who gambles on the Pro Bowl. Oh, you have to. And, you have uh, to. <laughs> and I was thinking about how sad this is when you go sad. You, you go in a little swoon, but at least Jimmy's hosting the Oscars this year, so you can shift your focus. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I just that. feel like you know. Well, I definitely feel like I need to bet more when there's three games left or seven games left, right? And that doesn't usually work out, but we'll yeah. see. Well, I'd, I'd like to thank the Steelers for ruining all my bets this week. And I learned uh, a valuable lesson, Sal. Don't, what was it? Don't throw a lot of teams in, in playoff teasers because if you never know, one of them can, could sink all your bets. Well, was it because too many people wanted um, 
New England, Pittsburgh, that it didn't happen. Just like too many people would have wanted Brady and Breeze in the finals, and it didn't happen. Well, one of my man, so like, one of my manifesto rules is don't overreact to the pre to how good somebody looked the previous week. Mm-hmm. I actually think I should tweak that too. Don't oh, don't overreact to how bad somebody looked the last week either if they advance. Absolutely, Jacksonville was so bad last week. I was just like, Pittsburgh's going to score thirty points in them, and there's no way mm-hmm. the Jaguars were able to match, and you know they did, and. I also think we might have Pittsburgh played well in week 15 against the Pats. Other than that, they really didn't play. A, I don't think they played a, like a top 10 team for the last three months. Well, one thing I thought of is like these bye weeks always hurt at least one team, always hurt yeah. one team that they're going to come out flat offensively. And that was for sure. The Steelers this week. So and well, they, and they made also, us pay. the fact that they beat them did, I do think that matters when you've had success because I think that was the same thing for the Titans and the Chiefs because the Titans had won there last year. And that, right. that is something we should monitor. When yeah, We stupidly know, use that to our advantage. Oh, they beat them there. It's like, oh, they're not going to do it again and, and Tomlin's not going to look ahead. And yeah. It's like, oh, no, they beat them there. That's, yeah. that's, they're not afraid to beat them there. They I, did, I discounted it because it, it was the first five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. But it does give you a little edge. It's, you're in the locker room. Hey, nobody thinks we should be here. We already won in this place. You do that whole thing. Right. Right. Um, all right. First So one. Jacksonville at New England, uh, 305 both, Eastern Sunday. We both said nine for this. Both said nine. It's opened at nine and a half. That's opened fair, at nine and a half. Oh, I thought we were going to nail that one. Yeah. Some, some books have nine and a lot have nine and a half. I don't know what to do with Bortles anymore. I've I've incorrectly picked his game for two straight weeks after saying mm-hmm. all year that I was couldn't wait to go against Bortles in the playoffs. And now uh now he's thwarting although we did win money on him last week somehow, but um he's been thwarting is, picks and bets left and right. Is Tom Coughlin at all when you write your column on Friday, is he is he gonna even be mentioned, uh other than oh, everyone's saying Tom Coughlin's gonna make a difference. Is that Jump in your head, him in the tough front four, and he has it again with Jacksonville. I mean, I mean, he's going to have about as much impact on the game as my dad is. Isn't he like <laughs> just sitting in the media box? All right. What is he doing? What is he? Yeah. What is he doing for them exactly? It just seems like he gives them speeches. I don't know what he's doing. What does he do for them? They're in the freaking conference championship game. He's the president. He's the president. But what does that mean? He, is he picking players? I think he was in the box today trying to calm all the Jags people down. They said they were all celebrating after the first quarter, and Tom Coughlin was telling everyone to sit down. The game wasn't over. So that's oh, his job, just yeah, to keep see? him that's humble. That's great. Thank God he's there. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to show. There's a recipe for beating the Pats. We know what it is. You, you right. cut the game down, and you rush Brady with four up the middle, make him get out of the pocket, and limit the possessions. And that we saw it. Sanchez and the Jets did it. The Ravens did it that year, and the Giants did it twice. We know how to beat the Pats. So forget about Coughlin. You're more you're more afraid of Fournette or the defense pressuring Brady. I, is it okay if I'm not afraid of the Jags? I'm not saying we can't okay. lose to them, but we're nine and a half point favorites. If we lose this right. game, it's a, it's catastrophic. Pittsburgh was seven and a half. It's they're, Wait, they're good, but the Patriots are. They don't take shit from anyone. Patriots are better than Pittsburgh, though. Come on. No, they are. Yeah, it is I, different. Going into Foxborough was different than going into. Did you uh, think? Did you think Brown was? How healthy did you think Brown was in that game? When when it started, or as I the whole uh, game. I thought he was fine. No, you didn't like. It? You didn't think he was. I thought he was like sixty five percent. What do you think? Oh, really? 
I mean, he made some amazing plays, but it was sporadic. He didn't have separation. Did you notice that? Yeah. I thought he, I uh, thought he gutted it out, and I think we're gonna find out he had like a torn quad or something after after this. Wasn't season. it one of his top three games this year? I don't know. It was. It seems like that's that's how it was. Yeah. But he, it was because he made like two incredible catches with guys draped all over him. He didn't right. have, right. he didn't have the explosiveness. And I wonder, like, if he had been a hundred percent for that game, maybe that swings one of those fourth mm-hmm. and ones. I don't know. You got a good corner on you the whole game. It's it's tough. We um, have we have Gronk. I think the healthiest he's ever been for a title game. Does he? Yeah. It seems like he's he's just flying around. I don't know. It, Gronk to score and the Pats to win will be even. So you bet that that was one of your big bets this week. Yeah. The Gronk was I minus like one fifty for the TD. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then the Pats. What you parlayed them together? No, it's a prop. It's a, you can find the prop. The Gronk to score and the Pats to win was oh. minus one thirty-seven. It went went to minus one fifty. So, oh, congratulations uh, yeah. on that one. Thank you, thank you. There's some. There are a lot of lot of winning things out there. I, I I'm not a part of a lot of them, but that's one. Can I can Minnesota, I can I parlay the Pats money line with Romo giving a big speech at the beginning of the game about how dangerous the Jags are for the New England? Oh, uh, you see, you did you did bad mouth. I knew you did. What I knew you did. I didn't badmouth him. I made fun of him. He's trying to make a case that Mike Malarkey and Marcus Mariota could beat the Patriots. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Well, what? listen, maybe maybe he thought when it was 14-7 and the Patriots were about to punt and it was a false start, but the refs got together and was like, whoa, yeah. this is way too close for this late in the game. Let's make it offside instead of false start. Maybe he thought like something like that wouldn't happen. Or maybe he thought like the push-off on Decker, which I've, is, I've never seen that call before. This that, is the best. that wasn't going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> this is the best. One second left. The, page, the, the league ran a whole deflate gate thing that all of the physics to it was proven incorrect. All of it. Mm-hmm. We lo- we lost the first round pick, and our quarterback got suspended four games. And now the league's what on our side. What does that have to do with a false start? That, uh, <laughs> now they, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened yesterday. Now the league's on our side with officiating. Get the f out of here. What are people talking uh, about? The Patriots right. got okay. railroaded. Railroaded. He should be in jail. Tom Brady should be in jail. <laughs> you, you know it. Do you think? Uh, were you expecting a deflating? Like type of controversy after yesterday's game because it was so cold. The Titans could have played that card, right? I guess so. I don't know what they. I think they were just happy to go home. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said, you can't. You you have you have very little time to beat up on the Patriots. Otherwise, they make you pay. No, this is this run's going to end soon. Everybody's going to everybody's going to miss the Pats when when there's no bully left. Mm-hmm. No, okay. No, I agree. No, it, it's amazing. It is. Uh, see, I don't want to kiss your ass now, but I didn't do anything. I just root for them. Seven Final Fours. They talk about like Izzo, Tate, get in this. Like uh, the Michigan State coach making the Final Four. You go, uh, you go seven in a row. That's just insane. Just insane numbers. For the first thirty-one years of my life, they made two Final Fours. Yeah. And now then- maybe the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. Um, you say should secede from the league as a result, but uh, you know, no, I, you gotta... so I've heard this argument too, and mm-hmm. oh, you get to play the Mariota in round two. The reason they got to play Mariota in round two is because they beat Pittsburgh's ass in week 15 and came back and right. stuck it to him. And if Pittsburgh took care of business, they would have gotten to play Marcus Mariota, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So the Pats won the biggest game of the year, and they got to keep going. They beat Pittsburgh's ass so hard that Jesse James may or may not have cradled the ball in the end zone Listen, because his ass was so 
I don't remember so what happened hardly. anymore. I just remember the win, and I remember feeling like <laughs> some asses were kicked. <laughs> I watched that game with you. Yeah, no, I mean, think about it. that, though. That uh, yeah. catch continuation thing, the Steelers, they would have – how much time was left? I can't even remember. It was nothing, right? What was it? Like, yeah, they, we, we couldn't have come back. Yeah, so that – That was it, no. That, so I mean, the Steelers would have been home, no. home for Tennessee today, and we would have mm-hmm. had to play the Jags in round two. So, right there, you go. That was a big game. It was definitely a big game. Minnesota at Philly. So the, glad we're done talking about the Patriots. All right, the Jeff yeah. Fisher Bowl. You get this one. Oh right, yeah. I had uh, I had the Vikings by three. You didn't pick that. No, I did. I said I said two. I don't know why. I think it's going to be hard for them to go in there and win. It's three and a half. Oh wow! Really. But that goes down. That goes down just like the Atlanta line went down, right? I think that should end at three. You do? I think it'll be lower. I, well, well, the weather's going to be huge, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, if it's another like 20 degree or 15 degree, one of those things, that's great for Philly. Play a little smash mouth. I thought, right. you know, when you think about that Falcons game, even though they barely won, the amount of fumbles and just the amount of luck the Falcons had in that game. Yeah. And then the way the Eagles started to play as the game went along. I don't know. I'd be encouraged if I was an Eagles fan. And why can't you win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? I mean, this has been one of the weirdest years in the history of the league. It would make perfect sense if Nick Foles won the Super Bowl and beat Blake Bortles. Like, I'm prepared for anything. I'm with you. Now, where are you on Doug Peterson? Because I think he called it pretty flawless game. I know Lombardi needs him to, to screw up along the way. Yeah, Lombardi's Lombardi might might have to admit defeat on this one soon. What do you think, Tate? Mm. Are we close? He did. He did? Yeah. On the oh, pod. He did, Tonight. really? What did he say? Oh, wow, breaking news. Yeah. He said if you if you win a playoff game, you know, you get his respect, any coach in, in the league. But then he went after Sarkeesian, which we all know Sarkeesian was pretty terrible down the stretch. The worst. Peterson yeah. did, he does some, he's kind of all over the map. He'll do a couple of really strange things on both sides of the ball. But, mm-hmm. you know, you win a home playoff game with your backup quarterback as an underdog, and that's that's legit. I got I to gotta give him props. Beat the NFC champions, yeah. That was big. Pretty all good. All right, so you won the week. You've won all three playoff weeks against me. Listen, this is what the, what we do. And by we, I mean the <laughs> Patriots and me. We... uh What's a tease? Seven pointer is Pats to two and a half, and then the the you could bring the Vikings to plus four. Yeah, for now, yeah. Yep, you wouldn't go Philly plus ten or eleven. I don't know. That's one of those. If you're betting Philly, you got to bet. You got to parlay the plus three and a half with the under again. They're not going to win like yeah. a twenty six to twenty game. That's just just the thing. I just don't know if there's any points scored in that game. It's going to be fun. That's what um, they want. Look forward to both matches. All right. One more break. Talk about Hotel Tonight. If you're like me and you're not so great at planning ahead, there's an awesome app called Hotel Tonight that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. What a great app for the winter. Unlike flights, hotel rates usually get cheaper at the last minute. Hotel Tonight helps hotels sell their unsold rooms, allowing them to pass those deals to you. Not for last, last resort places, but cool top-rated hotels. You can actually book a room with Hotel Tonight up to seven days in advance. They have over 15,000 awesome partner hotels. You can book up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. And with Hotel Tonight's HD Perk, Perks program, 
the more you book, the better the deals get. Whether you need a sweet deal and a nice room for today, for the winter or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app. I got some soccer tournaments coming up, so it's it's on my first list of apps. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. Start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app right now. All right. I have them. Uh, I have I have David Shoemaker, our art director and host of the Mass Man Show, is making a special parent corner graphic using the photo oh, no. of us from 2005 in Las Vegas in front of a topless <laughs> uh, strip joint with our pushing our baby strollers, and we're going to make a fun graphic out of that, and it's going to be great. That's great. Yeah. I forgot. I, I remember the picture, but I, I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. They should have taken the kids away from us then. Yeah, well, remember, that? that's when we learned, like, Vegas was really kid-accessible. We had no idea. They had all these special little uh, walkways and things for people with kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Went to an aquarium. I think we saw a lion and uh, all the while. But, but you felt like a scumbag, like, rolling the strollers through the casino, right? Yeah. To get places. My biggest regret was gambling till three in the morning with you and our two kids in the strollers probably was wrong. I wouldn't have done that again. All right. You right. go first for Paracorner. I'll go first. Mine's not great, but um, it's funny, like, how we compare kids. Like, we've said this before. Our oldest are a couple months apart, and our middle kids are a couple months apart. Maybe even less, right? Yeah. May to June. Yeah. I, I think our oldest are, like, three weeks apart. Or three something. weeks apart, yeah. Anyway. But our nine-year-olds couldn't be, or ten-year-olds, couldn't, couldn't be more different. Your guy's going to be an MMA fighter. Yeah, probably. If you're lucky, right? Yeah, or in Mine's very quirky. We haven't figured it out yet. Quirky's very uh, generous, I think, at this point for him. So now he has this thing where he, I showed him that you can go on Google Maps and locate, like, where you live, and then you go to Street View, and you could go, like, up the street. You could see your neighbors, and you could see everybody else's house. And it's cool because you can maybe maybe see your car in the driveway on Google Maps, mm. and that's it. And that, that's as cool as it gets. Okay, so why then did my son last night, after I left him at 9.30 to watch one of these uh, million movie screeners I need to view for the Oscars, he comes back at 12.30 at night. I was like, what did, what did you do? He came back upstairs. He's like, he's like you got to come down here. He printed out all every house we've known in America, anyone we ever live in, anything, and it's all over the house. It's all over my office. It looks like uh, we're... And we're on the wire season three and we're oh investigating a crime. We're like Homeland. And, yeah, really. Yeah. It's like Homeland. You know, we're looking, I'm like, what are we going to do with this? It's like, yeah, isn't this great? I was like, no, it's not great. <laughs> Why can't you be like Ben Simmons and have a girlfriend send heart emojis on Instagram? What are you doing with this nonsense? So that's really it. I just want to know, uh, maybe, maybe you could help how I get him a, a girlfriend and off of Google maps. <laughs> it, it sounds like we should create a sitcom with him and Brad where they live in the same house and he, Prints this stuff out for Brad, and then Brad, Brad uses the information and tries to solve crimes or something. I don't know. That's not bad. That's not bad. Have the masked uh, man work on a work on a graphic for that. <laughs> I have a. I have. I actually am going double parent corner this week. I have two. All right. Uh, Good. I have a short one. My uh, my son Ben, the 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 liar. He uh, got in trouble at school because he was smuggling candy and Pringles into school and then trying to sell them to the other kids. 
and trade it. them for things and had this whole candy ring and became the guy who had the, had the candy. And uh, people were like, hey, Ben, can I get a Kit Kat? It's like, it's a very junior level of being the kid in high school who can who has pot for everybody. He had the candy. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he was that kid, and he got in trouble. Oh, that's great. My son. Oh, we got to get him. The next step is pushing parlay tickets in the, in the fall. Oh, he's that's ready. Be good. I, he's very close to being uh, to to being a young budding gambler like us. That's one thing. Well, but, listen. Here's the problem. He's got a girlfriend, and uh, that's not cheap. Even in the <laughs> even true. in the fourth grade it's or kind whatever. Of Valentine's Day coming up here, and he got a present for. Her. It's like absolutely. I, you don't I give him any allowance, right? No, you I give think, him allowance. No, I think he stole money from me. I mean, he's a liar <laughs> and a thief. He steal. He's a liar and a thief. I have to hide my wallet. <laughs> so, uh, but that's not my parent corner story. That was that was a warm up. That was uh, that's pretty that was good. A matinee. My, you know, it's it's bar mitzvah season. Oh yeah, and uh, for for my seventh grade daughter, and she's uh-huh. been to five now, and some of them have you have you been to a bar mitzvah? This was a bat mitzvah she went to, but have you been to these? They I've give... been, yeah. I grew up in Long Island. We'd yeah, have yeah. one, you know, in eighth grade. I had one every week. Yeah. So when you were going them, did they make? Did the kids ask their friends to give speeches? I don't remember that part. I think that yeah, this been feels too like a new wrinkle, for me. Yeah. right? So, a lot of these are are seventh grade girls, who seventh grade girls can be both super astute and thoughtful and really intelligent when they're not around other seventh grade girls. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they're as at least two of them, their IQ drops by about twenty points, and it's <laughs> per kid. So if you have three, like let's say Zoe's at like I don't know one ten IQ, I don't know. But if you mm-hmm. put four other, three other seventh grade girls with her, that drops to fifty, right? It's like wow. basically sling blade, and uh, <laughs> and they're just idiots, and they just laugh, and they're just complete idiots together. So the only way this could ever be worse is if they're giving speeches in front of a hundred people, right? Right. So all week, I they Zoe had a friend asked to give a speech, and and there was like a couple other girls that gave speeches, and all week. I was just hammering her not to give the speech that every girl gives at these things. And here's what happens. So let's pretend it's Tate's bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, now here's Tate's friend, Bill. Tate, you're such an awesome friend. You're the best friend I have ever had. You're so great. I just, you've been such an awesome friend to me. And I just want to say congratulations. You're such a great friend. And it's just a disaster <laughs> right? for 40 seconds. Yeah. So I, I was adamant that she couldn't give a speech like that mm-hmm. and actually had to put some thought into the speech. What do you want her to be like Bill Belichick at the post game press conference? <laughs> no. like, I was like, gotta show some I was like, gotta like, you know, make, make some sort of personal connection for the speech. So she did. And mm-hmm. I was really, and I was really proud that she gave maybe a 20, 25 second speech that was actually coherent and didn't do that. And my note note for Parent Corner, if your Mm -hmm. kids are going to bar mitzvahs and they're giving the speeches, spend the extra seven minutes working the speech through with them and don't make it so that they just go up and they just talk about how great the kid is. Make it, it's a a chance to get emotional and have a little connection. Like make a little, make a little, put a little love and care into it. 
That's good advice. And you got Grandma Helga, uh, 108 years old, across from you watching. You know the kid's grand, grand grandmother who who you know dished out like 25 grand for this ceremony. Yeah, yeah she's going to appreciate the effort. You're right. The uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know we were allowed to praise our kids in this. I didn't know that. That changes everything. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, that's why I. I I didn't want to just do a nice one, so I talked about my son, yeah, the liar and the thief, true. who operated the candy ring that's at his true. school. Yeah, actually, that changes nothing for me. I'm not going to be able to come up with anything like that. That's good. <laughs> uh, what do you have to plug, Sal? Uh, what do I have? Oh, uh, Jimmy Kim Alive this week, Gerard Butler, Kristen Bell, Bill Maher, Adam Levine, and Maroon 5 performing this week. This Wednesday... Against all odds, the parlay kid mm. did it again. Best bet, Gronk wow. touchdown and bats win. Good prop. And uh, I'm trying to get the Powerball winner on to interview him. If Jesus. anyone uh, out there can get that. The guy's 20 years old from Florida. He won like $460 million, some, some crazy number. I'm not going to borrow. I'm not going to be one of those jerks that ask for $10 million. I just need like thirty grand to cover this weekend. But, yeah, I'd love he, to talk to him. He did the lump sum, right? Yeah, he did the lump sum. Smart. The lump sum is the move, right? You get it all at once, and then you could do stuff with it. That's what they say. Yeah, properly invested, you get it works out to be a lot more than if you had taken it in installments. But he's going to have a great bar mitzvah no matter what. <laughs> that would have been a good name for your podcast, the lump sum. Thanks. <laughs> good. Thanks to, thanks to ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Gillette. Get Gillette Performance delivered to your door. No more getting mad at yourself because you just got back from the grocery store and realized you forgot to buy blades. Subscribe today. Pick your favorite razor. Get every fourth order for free. Visit Gillette online at GilletteOnDemand.com. Thanks to Hotel Tonight. They help you book amazing deals at great hotels up to 100 days in advance and top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else. Whether you need a sweet deal and a nice room for today, the winter, or beyond, Start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Download the Hotel Tonight app right now. Thanks to my uh, my son's school for not kicking him out. And uh, <laughs> thanks to Tate Frazier for sticking around on Sunday night. Now, Tate gets to sleep late tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tate, what time are you waking up oh, tomorrow? Good. He should still be in early. It's Monday. Okay. Start the year. Start the week right. i got to celebrate him okay, Sal. You know that. <laughs> Sal, we're getting very close to... Uh, being able to jump on some NBA bets here as Tankapalooza begins. We're, we're inching toward Tankapalooza. I'm keeping an eye really? on it. Really? Yeah, there's a couple teams that are really ready. Are really ready to All start right. uh, messing around. Sal, Now's as always, good job by you. Good job by you, Billy. <laughs>